Praise the Lord, church. Saturday night. Boy, we're looking forward to a great time tonight in the Word of God. We're so thankful for the ministry of Dylan Morgan. He has blessed us already so much right here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. I know he's been a blessing to you and your family and your homes as we've been praying together, especially this week where we felt just a real unction to be able to not just preach the Word, but to literally have an altar call in our homes. And Brother Morgan has done a great a work and just leading us into that atmosphere. And tonight he has a tremendous word of God. We've been talking about it. It's sort of been resonating in his heart and his mind. And I know that he's got something great for you tonight. You're going to be blessed by this ministry and this word. I believe it's a word from the Lord and we're so thankful for it. So just gather around, get your family. Uh, let's have church tonight. And then don't forget tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Easter morning right here at East Wind. Come early and get a great parking spot. We'll see you then. Praise the Lord, East Wind family. It is such an honor to be speaking to you this Saturday night. And uh, I am so thankful for all of the speakers that have spoken to us this week. What an amazing, amazing move of God uh, we have been blessed to have each night. Uh, starting with Brother Herring, ending with Brother Carson. We are so thankful for all that God has done thus far, and I'm expecting for God to speak to us tonight. He's really been dealing with my spirit um, about what I'm going to be talking to you. I really feel like that I, I have been prompted with a word from the Lord here tonight. been very burdened these last few days, uh, and I am excited uh, about what God's going to do. I'm looking forward to it. I want to give honor uh, to... Pastor Myers, Sister Myers, they're a great family. I want to give honor to Bishop and Dr. Myers. And I want to give honor to the entire media team that has been working effortlessly uh, this entire week. Thank you to Brother Richie and everyone that's been working uh, hour after hour and putting everything together. What an amazing week we have had. And I'm excited uh, for Easter in the parking lot tomorrow. Uh, let's just get right into the word of the Lord here. Uh, we will pray before, uh, and then we'll just get into the Word. Uh, I know typically our custom is to pray um, after the reading of the Word, but I just feel like with the way things are going, let's pray and get right into the Word of the Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. No, not in person, but we are together in spirit, God. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me as your vessel, Lord, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the words to say to your people here tonight, God. Put your words in my mouth, Lord. Anoint your people, God. We know that your word is anointed. Now I ask that you would anoint me and that you would anoint the ears of the listeners, God. Go forth, God. And as you go forth, Lord, I pray that you would tear down strongholds, Lord, that you would root up evil, God. Lord, we bind the prince of the air from interfering, Lord, with this word going, God. And I pray, Lord, that it would fall on good ground and that it would produce fruit, for the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. We're going to be taking our text here tonight from Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to be starting with verse number 23. The Bible says in verse number 23 of Matthew chapter 8, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep, and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, 
O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm, but the men marveled, saying, What manner of a man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? What manner of a man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to you on this subject tonight. Don't rock the boat. It's a very familiar saying that we use in addressing the status quo or use in addressing if things are going good. We say, don't rock the boat. It's going good. Uh, I want to pick this up immediately in verse number 27. The disciples said, what manner of a man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? You see, this great act that was performed by God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, they begin to immediately assess what he had just done. He calmed the wind and the waves. They begin to think to themselves, I imagine, as they tried to put him into a box of previous ideas where other great men of God, their stories inscribed these beautiful books of the Bible, or in their time, the scrolls, as these great men begin to try to draw conclusions about who this man was in the boat with them. I imagine that their thoughts probably went back to Hagar's eyes being open to see the well in the wilderness. Maybe they begin to think of the time when Rebecca's womb was opened or Rachel's womb was healed. Without doubt, they remembered the mighty hand of Moses becoming leprous when he, and then being healed as a sign to him. Then the ten plagues that inflicted upon Egypt, maybe they begin to draw these conclusions and think about the mighty acts that God had done in previous times. Surely they heard the story of how Aaron, the high priest, his rod, it miraculously buds. Moses had struck the rock and water came out for the people. I know they remembered how the Jordan water parted and they walked into dry ground. These were the thoughts that they tried to put him into. These were the previous thoughts that they tried to possibly put him in the box of other great men of God that did great acts by God. Possibly they remembered when Elijah was fed bread and meat by a raven. Maybe they remember how the widow's oil did not run out because the word of God from Elijah. At Carmel, the fire fell from heaven and it consumed the water-soaked sacrifice. Rain falls in to answer the prayer of Elijah. Elijah is given the speed to run to Jezreel before King Ahab arrives. There are so many powerful things that they begin to go back to. I imagine they tried to put him in the box of previous mighty men of God. They tried to put him in the box of great acts that men performed 
by God. Maybe they thought of how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saved in the fire. Maybe they remembered how Daniel was saved from being eaten by lions. So I don't blame the disciples. That when they saw Jesus stand in the bow of the boat and say, Peace be still. Their first thought was to say, What manner of a man is this? Their first thought was to say, What type of man could do this kind of work that even the winds and the seas obey him? No doubt they heard how Moses saw the burning bush. No doubt they heard how Sarah conceived in old age. Surely they heard about the dry bones coming to life uh, as the prophet Ezekiel spoke the word of God. Bone to bone, sinew to sinew. Without doubt they heard about a man literally calling fire down from heaven. If not, they heard how the prophet's bones touched the dead soldierman and he came back to life immediately yet at this great moment they didn't say this is a man like Abraham Joseph Moses Elijah Elisha Daniel Ezekiel Isaiah no 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 they did not say that they said what manner of a man is this you see the miracles that Jesus had done before this were powerful but nobody had ever taken full control and was able to speak to the elements and the elements obey his voice if you would allow me for just a moment i would like to talk to the disciples that were in the boat with jesus and i would say to them this was no ordinary man of creed and stature yes you looked at him and you saw him do the mighty work and you tried to say what manner of a man what type of man could perform this mighty act what type of man could do this powerful work but this was no ordinary man this was god in the flesh this was no average man of creed or stature this was no man of typical reputation this was no man that was just used by God he was God in the flesh I realize disciples you only have history to bring this truth into light for you but you have to realize who is before you as you draw your fleshly conclusion and try to put Jesus in the box of other great men of God other powerful men of God no doubt prophets, priests, and kings that went before him. This was no average prophet, priest, or king. This was God manifested in the flesh. This was Emmanuel, God with us. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3 and 6, who hath also made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Look in John fourteen six with me. Jesus said unto him, I am the way and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Either there is a contradiction in the Word of God or this one God doctrine is as profound and powerful and true as it's ever been. Because in Corinthians, the Word said the Spirit is life. But in John's record, Jesus said, I am life. That's why later on in John, Jesus said, even the Spirit of truth who come into the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye, who is the ye there? He's talking to Philip. 
Philip, you know him, for he dwelleth with you. How does he dwell with you? He was referring to himself, and watch. He shall be in you. That's why he made this statement. I must go so that another may come, but I won't leave you comfortless. Because he was telling Philip, look, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And once I'm gone, you'll know the Comforter. How will you know the Comforter? Because when it feels like I'm in your presence again, Philip, Jesus in the flesh, but you can't see me, no. My Spirit has come to be the abiding place in your life. He said, but you can't see me. You will know that I am the Comforter. My friend Jesus has arrived. No, I don't see him in the flesh, but I recognize that feeling in the room. It's the same feeling I got when he talked to me that day. And at that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. That's why Jesus could say, when you have seen me, you've seen the Father, because me and my Father, we are one. The God who spoke the sun, the moon, and the stars into existence. The one who said, before Abraham was, I am. That man is in the boat with you disciples, God in the flesh. He was no ordinary man. This was not just another prophet. This was not just another man of average creed or stature. This was God in the flesh. So when you ask the question, what manner of a man is this? You undersold him. You put him in the wrong box because he was not just man, but he was God in the flesh of humanity. God wrapped himself in flesh veiled himself in humanity, and then came to earth. We've all heard this multiple times, but I felt that it was very pertinent for this message here today. It says the world can understand him, the armies can't defeat him, the schools can't explain him, the leaders can't ignore him, Herod couldn't kill him, the Pharisees couldn't confuse him, the people couldn't hold him, Satan couldn't defeat him, he has been misrepresented by those who don't know him, but yet Nero couldn't crush him, Hitler couldn't silence him, the New Age can't replace him, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they could not stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Death couldn't handle him. And guess what? The grave this coming Easter Sunday the grave could not hold him. Oh disciples, I know you looked at him and said what manner of a man is this? But you've got to understand something. This was no average man. This was no ordinary man. This was God in the flesh. God robed himself in humanity came to us with the name of Jesus. Emmanuel God with us. Uh, he journeyed with us for some 30-something years. Uh, and then He went to Calvary's cross. Uh, they stretched Him far and they stretched Him wide. He went into the grave, uh, but the grave couldn't hold Him because three days later, uh, God rose up from the grave uh, and He came to us and said, I am going to my Father so that I can send my Spirit the Comforter. That's why I want to preach to the disciples today for just a moment. This was no average man. You said what manner of a man. This was no normal man. You begin to look in this beautiful text here in John 4 and 5. This beautiful playing of Jesus with the woman at the well. A story we know very well. A story we hear often. This story was performed on a beautiful location as we pick it up in John 4 and 5. Then cometh he into the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son. Now Jacob's well was there. 
Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. We see this pivotal moment in the Bible where Jesus had a divine appointment with this lady. We see an unbeautiful unraveling of who Jesus is. This was not just any other uh, exchange of conversation. But here is one of the most beautiful tellings of the oneness of God. We see in John chapter 4 verse number 5 that this particular phrase jumps out at me. The parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. The parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. In study I learned that many scholars believe that this is the ground from Genesis 33. When Jacob and Esau mended their family feud. The Bible says that Jacob bought a parcel of property. We picked that up in Genesis 33:19, And he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hemor. And listen to this next part here in verse number 20. And he erected an altar there and called it El Eloi Israel. El Eloi Israel. That means the mighty God of Israel. So now we pick up this beautiful story again with Jesus and this lady and their exchange as they begin to converse with one another. We see that she tells Jesus or Jesus tells her, give me to drink. Then in verse number nine, she looks at Jesus. She said, if you knew who I was, I am a Samaritan. And watch what Jesus responds to her. John chapter 4, verse number 10. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God. Think about that statement. If thou knewest the gift of God. And who it was that saith to thee, Give me to drink. You would have asked of him. And he would have given thee living Water. He said, if you really knew who was standing in front of you, and if you really knew the ground that you were standing on, you would have asked of me a drink of the water that I have to offer. Watch what she says in her response in verse number 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Are you ready? I would like to think that possibly Jesus drew a beautiful smirk on his face. And he looked right at that lady and said, Are you asking me if I'm greater than your father Jacob? Not only am I greater than your father Jacob, I am the one of which your father Jacob named this parcel of property that we are standing at on. He named it after me because he named it the mighty God of Israel. And you don't realize it yet, but you're talking to the mighty God of Israel. Then Jesus begins to tell her all the things which we had done. They begin to talk about worship. Then if you jump down to verse number 25, this is where the beautiful exchange to me comes to a climax. The woman saith unto him, I know that when the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus answered and said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Whoa, what phrase leaps out at me immediately as he looks right at her and says, 
I am. I am the YHWH, Yahweh, the living God. He looked right at her and said, As I am standing on the parcel of ground, name the mighty God of Israel. I will reveal to you, I am the mighty God of Israel. That's the fulfillment of Isaiah 52 and 6. Therefore, my people shall know my name, and they shall know that in that day I am He that doeth speak. Behold, it is I. This is the same statement that He made. When He looked at the people in John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was... I am. You are talking to God manifest in the flesh, O woman of Samaria. You are talking to the living God, O woman of Samaria, while standing on the ground that was named after Him, the mighty God of Israel. Standing on the ground that means the mighty God of Israel is talking to you. That's why He said, if you knew who it was who was standing before you, you would say to me, give to me to drink. I've got to get what you have. Revelation twenty two seventeen and the Spirit and the Bride say come and let him that heareth say come and let him that a thirst say come are you ready and whosoever will let them take freely of this water I want to preach to somebody today who's in the trial of life and you're thirsty for something more he's the water of life to you'll never thirst again uh, he's the water of life to where you will never thirst again so oh disciples this was no ordinary man this was God in the flesh uh, oh woman at Samaria this was no ordinary man this is God in the flesh he's the one who spoke to the waters into coming forth. He's the one that's never met a battle that he cannot win. If you're here and you're thirsty, Jesus. If you're watching and you're thirsty, Jesus. If you need a peace in your storm, Jesus. He's still the answer because he's still the same God that calmed the storm then. He's still the same God that gave that drink of living water and he's giving it now. So we pick this up. Back in my text, we look at this beautiful representation as Jesus and His disciples are in the boats. The Bible says in Luke 8.23, But while they were sailing, He went to sleep. Now this is in the basic Bible translation. Are you ready? Just so I can understand it. I'm not doing the basic Bible for the viewer here tonight. But He said while they were sailing, He went to sleep. And a storm of wind came down on the sea and the boat became full of water and they were in danger. Now this is everything that I, I, I feel so deep in my spirit to speak tonight. We want to talk about the boat here because the boat was beginning to sink because the wave was coming into the boat. The water was coming into the boat. But this is the point that I want to make. We see the visible representation of the wave being formed. But the cause to that effect was the wind. That's why I like the basic Bible translation here. Because it says it was a storm of wind that came. Jesus said, the wind bloweth where it listeneth. And we hear the sound thereof, but we don't know where the source is coming from. Wind is an invisible matter that cannot be seen. But you see the effect of the wind when it arrives on location. 
So this is what I want to say. It was an invisible enemy that they were fighting. This wind was issuing these mighty waves and these mighty waves were coming into the boat and the boat had begun to sink. This is why I want to preach to you tonight. Don't rock the boat. This proves to me that the faith of the disciples had lost sight on the supernatural that was resting in the back of the boat and was more focused on the natural, the boat. They were so concerned about the condition of the boat that they were in, that they had lost sight that the Creator of heaven and earth was in the boat with them. That's why Jesus said, where is your faith? He said unto them in Luke 8.25, where is your faith? His next question, think about that. Where is your faith? This is what I want to pose to you tonight. Propose to you tonight. Are we believing in Him? Or are we believing in the natural? Are we believing in His power? Or are we losing sight of His power and focusing on the fact that the boat is being shaken? I think He was more upset that their faith was in the boat and not in the Master. He showed them where their faith was. I do not believe that this storm was caused by God. But I do believe that God used this storm of the invisible enemy, the wind. He used the storm of the invisible to prove to the disciples, your faith is in the wrong location. He used the invisible enemy. Are you ready? This virus is invisible. But what do we see being caused by the virus? Fear sickness, economic downfall. We see many things being caused by an invisible enemy. So this is what I feel deep in the Holy Ghost. This is what God is trying to do in this season. He's trying to first show us where is your faith. Are you more concerned about the natural? Or are you still focusing that I am the God of the supernatural? Because just as He stood to the bow of the boat and said, Peace be still. And the Bible said he spoke to the wind first and then the wave. And the wind and the wave obeyed him. Why did he speak to the wind first? Because it was the wind that was causing the wave. Just as it's the virus that's causing what we are seeing happening by the virus. But I've come tonight to say, if we can put our faith and our hope in the answer, that is Jesus. He's God in the flesh. He still has all power. He still has all authority. He still has all dominion. He can heal you in, I feel the Holy Ghost. He can heal you in your living room right now. He can set you free from addiction right now. He can fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. Why? He's not limited by the natural realm of humanity. He is still God that'll stand to the bow of the boat. He can speak to this virus and it'll seize. And when it seizes, the fear will stop. The worry will stop. The death will stop. The hurt and the heartache will stop. We've got to get our realization. We've got to get our understanding in this season. God's wanting to know where is your faith. And second of all, He is still the God that can give the peace be still to what's invisible. He can still calm the wind and the wave. He will speak to the natural. But He will do that by taking care of the supernatural. He will speak to the invisible. And He will take care of the visible. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence 
of things not seen. So this is what faith is. When you're looking at a current situation and the evidence says cancer. But when you speak with faith, you are speaking to what isn't as though it already is. We look at cancer and we say in Jesus' name, be still. We look at the coronavirus and we say in Jesus' name, be still. I look at anxiety and I say by the authority of the name of Jesus, be still. Why? Because He said that these signs shall follow them that believe. He said that you shall receive power after that that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said, greater works than these shall ye do. So just as Jesus stood and spoke to the wind, I feel the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost to speak to your storm and say, peace be still. I speak to the invisible and I say, peace be still. I speak to the cancer and I say, peace be still. I speak to your sickness and I say, peace be still. I speak to the financial issues and I say, peace be still. I speak to the wave, but first I command the wind to seize. And when the wind seizes, the wave will stop in Jesus' name. Oh, I think wherever you're at, you ought to lift your hands right now. I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost is moving right now. Somebody needs to stand right where you're at. And you need to speak to what's going on in your life. And you need to say by the authority of the name of Jesus, I command it to stop. You need to stand to your tiptoes. Rear up as an apostolic man and woman of God. And realize He's called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. And if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, you're about to receive the Holy Ghost. God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. God's going to heal somebody of a disease. God's going to take away the coronavirus that's in your life. I've come tonight to say to the invisible, I command you to stop in Jesus' name. I've come tonight to speak with faith. The evidence is saying one thing, but my faith is saying to the invisible, you must stop. You must stop in Jesus name in Jesus name oh I feel the Holy Ghost oh I feel the Holy Ghost we got to remember he's still the mighty God we got to remember he is still God manifest in the flesh but that flesh that God is manifested in now is you and it is me we are his temple we are his royal priesthood we are his chosen generation I've come tonight to rebuke fear I wish you would get out of your pity party I wish you would get out of your depression I wish you would get out of what you're going through and realize God's trying to prove to you tonight uh, your faith needs to be in Him. He's still the God that is in control. He's still the God that is the ruler of heaven and earth. He is still the God of which the sun, the moon, and the stars were spoken. And just as He spoke to the wind and the wave, now He will speak to us tonight. Uh, Wherever you're at. uh, Wherever you're at. I wish you would find a place. I wish you would make an altar. No, we can't gather around the altar as a body anymore. But you know what we can do? We can kneel at our couches. We can stand in our living rooms. We can push away from the table. We can kneel at our beds. You can pray while you're driving down the road, wherever this source of media is coming to you. I've come tonight to say, He's rocking the boat to show us He's still in control. He's still God. He still has all power. He still has all authority. I say tonight, Jesus 
is still the answer. I say tonight, Jesus is still the answer. I speak to you in your current situation under the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. And I say by the authority of the name of Jesus, peace be still. I wish you would stand and you would begin to say that. You would speak peace over your neighborhood. You would speak peace over your family. You would speak peace over your life. You would speak peace over your finances. You would speak peace. I command the wind to seize. I command the invisible enemy to be stopped. I command the invisible enemy to stop. Lord, let it happen. Lord, let it happen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's make an altar. Let's make an altar somewhere. And let's call upon the name of the Lord. Let's make an altar. And let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus right now. I'm telling you, if you'll step into the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's flowing. I'm telling you, if you'll step into the Spirit that's flowing right now. God will heal you. God will set you free. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everything that I'm preaching about tonight is for you. You don't have to live a life of sin anymore. You don't have to live a life that is bound by addiction for another day. You don't have to live a life of fear anymore. When you receive this spirit, uh, he said uh, that those that have it will have the mindset of peace, love, joy. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have the spirit of fear any longer. Just lift your hands. Uh, repent of your sins and ask God to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and as you begin to worship and praise him, he will begin to give you a stammering lip and a new tongue. And you will begin to speak in the name of Jesus. Let the Holy Ghost fall. Let the Holy Ghost fall. Let miracle signs and wonders flow across the East Wind family. Let miracle signs and wonders flow in the home of every listener. Let miracle signs and wonders flow across this world and across this nation. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.